0: So as as many of you know, I have been um, deeply involved in our capital campaign. I have visited with many of you and recently I had a visit with someone and they asked, they said, how do you do it? Like, I can't, I hate raising money. I hate asking for money. Like, how how do you do that with people? How do you do it? And the truth of the matter is I don't think of these visits as raising money. They're not really about money. I mean, they are, of course, and we're we're trying to raise money to meet the needs of the church, but really, at their heart, these visits are this dynamic conversation about the ministry of the church, about who we are as a people, about where we're going and what dreams we have for the future. Many of the visits I've had with many of you have been surprisingly intimate. And maybe it's because it's, it's a gift that's given over five years and so it's more money than the annual gift many of you make to the church. I don't know the reason, but they've been intimate spaces where you have talked about your children and your health, your career, the uncertainties in your life and how much this church matters to you. I'm grateful for every meeting I've had. Like many of our capital campaign visitors, I've helped raise money, but really, I'm raising my own spirits. These meetings affirm my call to ministry once again, my call to serve this church. They open my heart even wider to so many of you. They connect me even more deeply to this place. And the truth of the matter is I wouldn't ask for money. I wouldn't ask any of you for money, nor would I give money to this campaign if I didn't believe in this faith or this church or the vision of who we aspire to be. So I feel immense gratitude to be among people who live in these big questions of faith, that is you all, and you all, and you all, who want to dismantle and upend the white supremacy culture that still exists in our institutions and culture, and who strive to bring their whole selves to this community of faith. I am grateful. And so today, as we recognize and appreciate the hundreds of people who helped shape and form the ministry of this church, it feels right to say just a few words about gratitude. Over the eight years I've been here, many of you have heard me share the Philip Booth's poem, First Lessons, a number of times. It feels right to share it Again as the days warm and they call us, those hot, sweaty, muggy days, they call us to lakes and ponds, swimming pools, even the ocean, perhaps, and this poem connects with gratitude, I promise. First lesson is the name of the poem. Lie back, daughter, lie back, daughter. Let your head be tipped back in the cup of my hand gently, and I will hold you. Spread your arms wide. Lie out on the stream and look high at the gulls. A dead man's float is face down. You will dive and swim soon enough where this tidewater ebbs to the sea. Daughter, believe me. When you tire on the long thrash to your island, lie up and survive. As you float now where I held you and let go. Remember when fear cramps your heart. Remember what I told you. Lie gently and wide to the light year stars. Lie back and the sea will hold you. This is a poem I hold so close to my heart for a number of reasons. And when I... Think about this community and what we are and the new members we have welcomed in and what you represent as we travel together. That speaks to this reality that sometimes we are the ocean and sometimes we need the ocean. Sometimes we come here carrying a deep loss, a divorce, a diagnosis, or it feels like our life is just in free fall and we come here to lie back, to be held in the arms of this community. And other times we come knowing our presence, our very presence, our kindness will help hold another. Sometimes we need the ocean, sometimes we are the ocean. And I am grateful to be a part of this body, this ocean, where we know we will take turns holding and caring for one another. I'm also grateful this morning to serve a faith full of heretics. A faith full of heretics. You see, friends, heresy comes from a Greek word which at its root means to choose, which is exactly what we have done as Unitarian Universalists for centuries. We chose this faith. We choose this path. It is not forced upon us. There is no statement you must accept to be in this community. We do not claim that the Bible or any other sacred text is the final perfect word of truth. We choose this faith. We choose this religious community because our conscience, our experience in the world, our own religious insights lead us to this faith. We are here by choice. Choosing to travel with one another, honoring the inherent worth and dignity of one another, choosing to go deep with one another, creating space to name and talk about the issues that matter. And as you'll hear our choir sing in just a little bit, we come together to try before we die to make some sense of life. I'm grateful for the heretics of our past, not just you all, the heretics of our present particularly a man named Reverend Norbert Chopek, a Unitarian who created and first celebrated flower communion in the early part of the 20th century. Chapek was a Unitarian from Czechoslovakia, and he served one of the largest Unitarian churches in the world, in Prague. At his church, thousands of former Protestants and Catholics and even Jews were attracted to and chose this Unitarian faith that was grounded in a love that transcended any of the particular beliefs of those traditions they came from. And Norbert Chopek wanted a ritual that would bind this diverse group of congregants together. So one spring, Chopek asked members of his congregation, he said, hey, as you're coming into church, pick up a flower on the roadside or from your garden, bring something in to worship this morning. And when they arrived, his members collected the flowers in these vases like you see before you. And then during the service, the flowers were assembled in front of the congregation, these visual reminders that despite our differences, we all come from the same garden of life. And then when people left the service, they took home a different flower than the one they had brought. And you will be invited to do that at the end of this service, to come forward and take a flower different from the one you brought. That is the ritual we're engaging in this morning. I'm grateful for the heretics of our past, and for our very newest heretics. I'm talking to you guys, new members. I am. I am talking to you. You have chosen to freely be here. You are joining a centuries-old story, this religious story that says we value freedom and conscience, love and compassion, science and spirit. Those are not in tension with one another. You are joining a tradition that claims the only Unitarian king the world has ever known, King John Sigismund, who briefly ruled in 1561 in Transylvania in the far eastern part of the Hungarian kingdom. King Sigismund believed in religious tolerance, and in his kingdom, by his decree, you didn't have to follow the religion of the king. This is remarkable. This is remarkable. You could choose your faith. There wasn't like there was a whole you know, buffet of choices, but you could choose. You could be Lutheran, Roman Catholic, Calvinist, or Unitarian. Those were the choices. Four choices, but choices nonetheless. All were seen as legitimate. There was a, there was a trusting that each person in relationship with the source of life would find the path that worked for them. And so new members, you join a faith tradition that strives to create heaven in the here and the now, not some other place or time that strives to make the beloved community real right now. You join a faith tradition where we believe that each child is born with original blessing, not original sin, and that each of us, though flawed and imperfect and shaped by our culture and our history, each of us nonetheless can be a blessing in this world. New members, you join a faith tradition struggling to uproot the white supremacy culture that still exists within our churches and our society, and your presence, your stories, your tears, all of it are beautiful flowers that help make this whole garden grow. Though Norbert Chopek died in the death camps at the hands of the Nazis, his flower communion ritual lives on. And this ritual reminds us that there is a spirit alive in the world over which death has no dominion. There is a light that no darkness can extinguish. And so friends, this morning, I am grateful for this faith, for the blessings of these young ones among us and for the blessings of your unique and precious lives, for the gifts and talents that you so freely share with us and with one another. And I am grateful for this sacred work we do together. I love you. Amen.